Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the B-Roan Bank Podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning back in. We really appreciate your support. Please like, subscribe, drop a comment for us. It really helps us figure out what you want to hear on this podcast. we got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. This week, we want to talk again about Celsius. They just filed for bankruptcy, Chapter 11, um, continuing to cover that, what that means for you, what we think it means for Celsius moving forward. Additionally, we want to talk about the Ethereum merge again. They just had another milestone, and they have, of course, pushed the target off, but they are thinking that they have a little bit more of a solidified date for when the real merge will go through. And finally, we want to talk about how big business is continually getting into crypto, NFTs, and what that means for the market overall, in our opinion. So let's start. Celsius just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, just like Voyager did. Um, This just means restructuring. There are a lot of, like we talked about on our last podcast, there are a lot of different types of bankruptcy, Chapter 7, Chapter 13. Chapter 11 means restructuring. Um, Hopefully, they can get back on their feet. That's the idea. Companies like American Airlines, companies like Marvel Studios, they've filed for Chapter 11 in the past, and they've been able to come back. Now, that's not to say that Celsius will, but it is um, better than some of the other alternatives. So what we're going to learn is all of the behind the scenes stuff that maybe we don't know anything about. It'll get rid of some of that speculation that's been going around Celsius because all the cards are going to be have to lay it on the table. So they're going to have to show their books officially now because they filed for protection under the bankruptcy law. Right. So it's going to help them from being sued, which is good for us as stakeholders, because if they get sued, they have to pay the legal fees with our money. Seems super backwards, but that's just how it goes. They probably should have filed this a lot sooner, but they were spending all their time unwinding their debts on DeFi platforms like Aave and MakerDAO. So far, it seems, according to on-chain analysis, that they have unwound most, if not all, of their debts. Um, And according to one Twitter account I was looking at, they've got about a billion dollars of our money in in wallets so the good news with that is they're not getting liquidated which means that money isn't being dumped and trash in the market so if they're holding on to it then it's still our money but theoretically if we just wait through this process bitcoin goes from 20k to 40k to 80k whatever it goes and then now they're able to pay us back or is it because it's the amount of coins currently they're still only going to have that amount and they're going to need twice as much if the market goes back up. So my thought would be because we invested in crypto, they're going to pay us back in crypto. Hopefully. Um, The thing is, is that if they don't have our value, they still have our coins. But the problem is that they're, they have about a $1.2 billion hole and they're attributing that to rapid growth and bad investment bets like Badger Dow, they lost tons of money. I think it was like 50 million. And then of course, Terra Luna 
So they they just have to make up a billion dollars current at current value worth of crypto. Um, and there are some ways they can do that right now. One thing that is interesting is they do have a very robust Bitcoin mining operation that I think is projected to pull in another 10,000 Bitcoin in, I believe, the next year. Okay. All right. Well, so there you go. Then that that could be used to to pay their debts then if because that's yeah, new so Bitcoin. Filing for bankruptcy, although it doesn't really help us in the short term, potentially gives them time to restructure, which is the point of Chapter 11, and then um, find ways to make up that hole with investors or their mining operation or setting limits on withdrawals and getting more people onboarded so that hopefully we can be made whole in the future. Um, I think it's interesting to point out, though, that there is this rising analyst named Simon Dixon. I don't know if we talked about him we last. We did, yeah. We did? Okay. So he he's kind of anti-Alex Mashinsky. His narrative Who's the is CEO kind of, of Celsius. Who's the CEO of Celsius. And so Dixon has been asked to join the board. He refused that because he feels like that would just silence him. So he's on the outside, hashtag investor or depositors first that's his hashtag and he's i mean his twitter page has already grown twenty thousand subscribers in a matter of weeks so he's getting some traction he's posting daily check him out on twitter i think it's interesting to see the the difference of opinions um but he's he's saying that 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 uh, alex mashinsky is using this bankruptcy as sort of a get out of jail free card he said um and that he's just protecting his own interests. So Simon Dixon is trying to be on the outside saying, hey, depositors first, this is our money. Of course, they're using it for legal filings um, and to pay their their staff that are still on, which I think is understandable, but still kind of shitty because it's, it's still our money, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, worst case scenario, they got liquidated. That didn't happen. This is kind of the second worst case scenario um, where we don't know if we're going to get our money back, make it some. Hopefully they can restructure in a way that honors us over time and we can be made whole. Or they could get bought out or there, there's a lot of things that could happen. And the, the thing that does bode well is that they are paying off their debts. So then the assets would become potentially liquid to make more poor decisions, I'm guessing. Yeah. So the assets are liquid for the most part right now, but they're a billion short in value in terms of being able to honor us as creditors. So that's, that's the main issue. They really don't have the money if we want to take it out. Yeah. So they would have to have that money in cash assets as opposed to crypto assets and buy in low to sell higher to make everybody whole. So Hopefully, there's a little bit of cash left. I mean, but we'll know They've because about, of... I think they have about 170 million in cash. Okay. Which currently they're using Start. to pay the, the banks, which is ironic because they said unbank yourself, right? That was their slogan. Right. And they're paying banks as advisors to help them through this process of bankruptcy. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to be spending millions of our dollars to to deal with this and... The courts are going to be asking for all the information. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be up to the the board and hopefully us as the community will get a say. 
in terms of what we want since it's our money. So then is CFI ostensibly dead is the question. Because I mean, that, that is the question, right? Is CFI dead? Can it function? Because we've had a bailout of BlockFi, Voyager's bankrupt, and they're trying to get money out of Three Arrows Capital, which CEOs just fled the country. Um, so that remains to be seen if they're going to get any of that money back, which would be paid to us as Voyager customers. Um, and Celsius filed for bankruptcy. The only one that's that's still around, I mean, there's a couple others too that I haven't used, but the only one that's still around is Nexo and BlockFi because it got bailed out. But the only one that's still around on its own accord is Nexo so far. So that could be good or bad, but I mean, that's the problem, right? Is why is DeFi surviving and CeFi losing the battle? Well, I think... Uh, the answer to that question is DeFi is surviving because it focuses on, on a model that works, which is peer-to-peer -peer lending. CeFi got too big, too fast, and so they, they had to just you know, run around and try to find the highest interest um, accounts like Terra Luna paying 20% so they could right. honor their 10% debt to us. And so when everybody's doing that, when Voyager and Celsius and BlockFi are all doing the same thing, you know, we're building this house of cards yeah. that everybody's in the same liquidity pools. If, if that pool fails, everybody fails. Yeah. And so it, it, it went away, as Simon Dixon said, it went away from peer-to-peer -peer lending, which was a good model, to just trying to find the highest interest to, to pay, pay us. So is CFI dead? Um, right now, yes. Is it dead? Um, in theory, no, because I think if we could get back to a peer to peer model and have a company that's regulated better, that has to stick to that model and yeah. has limits on how fast it can grow, I think it could work because it works in DeFi. You know, DeFi yeah. may be paying you like MakerDAO 2% interest on your stable coins, but that's sustainable. But sustainable because it's all dependent on who's borrowing and what they're paying in interest. Yeah. So Terra Luna crashed because there were way too many lenders and not enough borrowers. So it couldn't sustain the high interest rate because it wasn't getting money from anywhere. And it seems like Celsius was not only at risk because of their exposure to that, but also because they were offering too high of an interest rate. They were I mean, offering too high of an interest rate. BlockFi was, was adapting their interest rates consistently. Oh, and Celsius was doing free, free withdrawals. So that was a problem as well. That's and, expensive. And and Celsius, um, which is kind of odd, was too transparent, just like Terra Luna was too transparent. You could see who was borrowing, you could see who was lending, and the ratios didn't add up. And so it was easy to be like, oh, we can manipulate this. And then it crashed and burned. Yeah. So right now, CFI is dead, in my opinion. It's too risky for what your reward is, but I mean, it could succeed. But it boils down to interest rate, return on investment, and yep. the fact that we can say pretty comfortably that 20% is not sustainable, 10% is not sustainable, maybe 5% because that's where Nexo's at, at their highest level, potentially. No, Nexo's at 10% for USDC if you're a Oh, for USDC. Member. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So that's a little scary in that It's a little as scary, well. yeah. But they yeah. have weathered the previous bear market. So that does give them some street cred, but it's, it's, man, it's a, 
difficult place to be in the market if you're trying to be safer than your bank, which remember is paying you 0.01% interest on your savings account. So it's not 0.01% interest in a inflation period of 9%. Right. Worst it's been in 40 years. Right. So of course we're going to try to find things that are better. We're going to try to find the, the Celsius's because when you look at them on paper, it makes sense. If there's but accountability. Away, but yeah, but if we get away from the peer to peer model, then it's, then it's a leverage game and everybody fails over time. With and we play. know that the crypto market goes much faster than the stock market because there's no regulation, because there's too many people who are regulation. leveraging and margining and all of these things where they're betting money that they don't have. And yes, does it happen in the stock market? Of course, but it happens way more in the crypto market because nobody's watching what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's a lot more uh, eyes on this now with how many people have lost their life savings. My heart goes out to them with how many people, you know, are just in this and thought they were in a safe investment. I mean... The, the narrative right now is, did they, did they properly warn us? You know, of course they have all these fine prints in their terms and conditions, but did, did they give us the proper idea of what the risk was? And, and some of the experts are saying they didn't, and that potentially could help us. I mean, that's a, that's a good point because who thinks that they're going to become insolvent and you're not going to have any access to your, your funds. I mean, it's one thing with Tara that, the, the price tanked and you had to choose when you wanted to sell. That's one thing. But it, you always had access. Now right. you don't even have access, which is really difficult to understand because how are you like it's just sitting there doing nothing. And well, and Alex and all of his ask me anything, you know, was always promoting how great it was and never, never alluded to any potential catastrophe and what their plan was. They made it seem like there was little to no risk by putting your stable coins in there that yeah. you would, you know, get that 9% interest. And that was it. You'd be good. There was no thought of liquidation yeah. or withdrawal freezes or anything like that. It's not the worst case scenario. It's very close to it. Um, but there is a glimmer of hope in my eyes that they can potentially recover um, especially since they've bought themselves more time, as long as they they have our best interests at heart, which is what they're saying legally. But who knows? Well, and and I think the best worst case scenario is we learn everything. Like it becomes full transparent of here were the missteps, and yeah. now we can scrutinize further platforms in the future with these new analytics that we have. I think that's the best worst case scenario. Best worst case scenario. That's what we're looking at. Is what's the best worst case scenario? And I think we're. We're there. So yeah, we'll let you know how this unfolds, but I want to get into some, some more positive news. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethereum, my favorite, I'm a maxi. I know. Um, Ethereum has just executed a, a shadow fork. I love how they label everything. That is cool. Um, ahead of the merge. Of course, it was successful. They've been planning all this stuff for years, pushing it off. I know people get anxious. They get irritated. A lot of people can't access their Ethereum, but that's temporary. That's not for sure or up in the air like Celsius. Um, but they had three test nets 
Robston, Sepolia just went through July 6th and their final test net go early, go early. I can't even pronounce it. Gorelli. <laughs> Anyways, their final test net is set to go live August 11th where they do, you know, their trial run merge. And yeah, I mean, they, they keep pushing it off, but it seems like they're more confident now that the real deal, the final launch ETH 2.0 is going to be in September. So that's pretty cool. And because of that, Ethereum's up 13.3% over the last day. For the so moment. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, it'll, they're going to, it'll price in for sure. But if that's the case and they don't have any more, you know, any more waiting, glitches. yeah, whatever. Um, because originally we were thinking closer to the end of the year. So September is, is much sooner than that. So I hope, I hope that's a good thing. I mean, we'll see the The market's still bearish. Could Ethereum pull us out of this bear market? I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know if it'll pull it up, but I mean, remember when this merge goes through, it's going to be a green cryptocurrency, 99% reduction in um, fossil fuel use and a 90% issuance reduction, which is insane. Like three Bitcoin um, halvings all at once. So I feel like there's got to be some ripple effect and you won't, they won't, people won't have access immediately to their Ether that's been locked up. So yes, two out of the three test nets successful. Last one coming next month. So in about a month. And uh, yeah, we're moving forward. So Good then news. we'll be proof of stake, full proof of stake. Full proof of stake. Yep. Yeah. No chicken. Which no may fish. classify Ethereum as a security, but that's another story. Finally, uh, talking about how big business is getting into the Web3 NFT crypto sphere. Disney this week announced their partnership with a Ethereum-based cryptocurrency called Polygon. Polygon, or Matic as it's known, has jumped 21% with this news, and it is going to be integrated into their AR, NFT, artificial intelligence um, accelerator program that is focused on business and, de and development designed to spur the growth of innovative companies around the world. This was uh, posted in, on Coindesk. So that is huge because Disney is a, a big, big, big company. They're always on the forefront of technology. And I mean, it's limitless what they could do with these, these NFTs or blockchain. So they're so doubling down cool. on Polygon's blockchain, which I believe... Uh, Terra is migrating to Polygon too. So Polygon... there are a lot of Terra based uh, projects that are moving to Polygon. Yes. So, which is cool, right? So like Terra imploded and now the projects that were doing well on Terra, they have a new blockchain. They can migrate to a new blockchain. I think that's great. I think that was something new that I didn't know. I just assumed that everything would, would die or fizzle out. And now we're right. saying, Hey, these projects are still alive. And Polygon's like, yeah, come on our blockchain. Well, I mean, that's why I like the analogy of, you know, the the coins are like train cars yeah, and the blockchains are like train tracks. So if, yeah. if one set of tracks gets destroyed, you can still move that train car to a different 
a different set of tracks, a different blockchain. Or in Disney's case, a monorail. Monorail, yeah. right. I like that. Yeah. So, and I mean, imagine having like a C-3PO NFT that, you know, gets you your fast pass into, you know, Harry Potter world. It doesn't make any sense, but imagine. Additionally, another big company, not as big, but still, I think, pretty cool. Kia is getting into the NFT game. And uh, they are going to be giving access to their NFT drop of over 10,000 different, I think they're cute little skeleton characters that are supposed to help with their brand. I don't know, but they're going to have like a QR code on, on some of their marketing that you'll be able to scan, which gives you access. I don't know if you'll get a free one or if it just gives you early access to the ability to buy their NFTs. I'm not going to buy a Kia car. Why would I buy a Kia NFT? I don't know because it's a collectible, you know. Why do you buy Pokemon cards? Because you hope that they go up in value. Yeah, but or like, you're a weird adult. <laughs> that's true too. But I think I would be a weirder adult if I owned a Kia NFT. That just sounds ridiculous to me. Yeah, they really should be hamsters. They should all just be different. Yeah, because that was their right? original marketing was the hamsters in the car, right? Yeah, which makes more sense than Kia NFTs to me. But I guess. It's more, it's more of just like a, you know, everybody's talking about it. I feel like it's that, like the Radio Shack stuff. Like all this is like, here's a way that we can get back in the conversation. I don't know. Maybe Kia's doing great. I don't know. But what it really shows me is that even though the market is nuked and may still go down further, these big companies see the value and they're still going to, they're still going to jump on the bandwagon. On the station wagon, if you will. The right. Kia station wagon. Oh, you got to see it. Do they even this. have a station it wagon? It is so beautiful. Aren't they just like little box cars? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I sat in a Kia one time, and this is, you know, this is not a Kia plug, obviously. And it just, it felt like a toy car. It did. I'm sure they're better now because I think Hyundai the, owns them, but yeah, it but didn't hit, feel like a real car. Truck, you're definitely dead. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have that NFT, then you go straight right. to heaven. That'll save you. Yeah. You can use that to block incoming traffic. Anyways, I think it's really cool that a lot of these big companies are getting into crypto because it just shows that mass adoption is continuing to grow and that we're going to see growth in the value over time. That's the that's the weekly roundup. Figured we'd end on a positive with Kia. All right. Go buy that Kia. And let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now, we're right above 23,000, which means that we are rallying a bit. You can see here, we've had a couple bullish days. We are playing right around the 50-day moving average at 23,000. If we can reclaim the 50-day moving average, then the next would be the 100-day moving average, which would be 28,000 range. So we're gonna need 23,000 to hold. Then we'll probably head up to 25, followed by 28. 30K is a huge resistance now. If we take a look at this chart here, we can see the same thing. We've got the 30K resistance, but what I'd like to do on this chart is I'd like to go back to our previous bear market. We take a look back at 2017. You can see from top to bottom was an 83% decrease. And then if we go back to the previous bear cycle back in 2014, 
we had an 85% decrease. So if we are playing the same game or similar because patterns repeat themselves, let's take a look at that from the top at 69. 85% would be in the 10K range. 80% would be in the 13.5 range. So it is foreseeable for us to find our relief rally up to around 28 to 30K and then bounce back down one last time into the 10 to 15K range for our final bottom. The markets are still very volatile. There's nothing that leads me to believe that we are out of the woods just yet, but we should be relatively close based on previous market cycles. Let's take a look at total market cap. We just bounced above 1 trillion in market cap. We've got a little bit of room to hit the 1.2, 1.3 trillion before the potential last leg down. So I would say now is a good time to start taking a little bit of profit if you are in profit. If not, just wait it out and hopefully you can get some cheaper prices in a couple months. All right, let's take a look at our dollar cost averaging. I've got Digibyte. Digibyte is sitting just above a penny. We've had a few high volume days and it has been beat down to the lows. So I think Digibyte's a good dollar cost average opportunity. Next, IOTA. IOTA, the same thing. We are close to the bottom of IOTA. It's been grinding around the 30 cent mark. It had a high of 260. So I would take a look at IOTA. And finally, AVE. AVE is a DeFi protocol. Since CFI has been decimated, AVE could be the beneficiary of that. And $98 is a good deal considering it hit about 650 at its last high. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Thanks again. Please remember to smash that like and subscribe button on YouTube. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please turn on those notifications so you know when our videos come out. Leave a comment and we'll see you next week.